Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murder of Naomi, the beauty, Hersey. Sunday, March 18th, 2018. London, England. Warning. The following episode you're about to listen to might contain audio evidence of misgendering. Listening discretion is advised. I promise you that fight, I couldn't, one of us was going to come out. Don't, don't talk about it. Yeah, no, 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 I promise you that fight, I couldn't, one of us was going to come out. Don't talk about it. Yeah, no, no, no. Guards arrest. Don't need you to talk about it. Jesse, did you give him the opportunity later on? Say I was completely innocent and I wasn't, I was in a crate, a headspace where I hadn't slept for days and I've just fought a six or seven hour fight for my life. I never left the property until we went on the run. 8.22, you both leave the bags, both leave the address carrying various bags between you and walk around to the front of the house where the, Natalia is seen to stand with the bags on the floor beside the BMW. It's Sunday, March 18th, 2018, in the city of London, England. It will be the home where 36-year-old Afro-transgender Muslim female Naomi the Beauty Hersey would reside. And when the beautiful Afro-Muslim transgender woman was found stabbed over 40 times, it would lead the city of London, leading the calls for her justice for many years to come. Welcome my audience. Thank you so much for tuning in to season four, episode 11. The murder of Naomi, the beauty, Hersey, the beauty and the beast. This episode discusses online meeting 
that turns into lust, giving into passion, drugs, that old term of party and play. What happens when two individuals, consenting adults, one known as the beauty and the other 25-year-old cisgendered white male, Jesse the Beast McDonald, would end up connecting over in a hotel near Heathrow's airport. When Naomi's body was found brutally stabbed, it left the city wondering who was next. The individual who was responsible for the hateful homicide of Naomi the Beauty Hersey was easily identified due to CCTV footage. But as we continue to go through this case, my audience, we're gonna hear from the beast, Jesse McDonald, his own words, as you could hear in the initial audio, where he is already, as we've heard far too often, developing a trans panic defense. We'll hear from him in his own words. We're also gonna hear from some other incredible trans women who reside over in London and their own experiences as just women who are just in their truth and trying to feel affirmed and also like their own experiences with dealing with misogyny and other forms of toxic masculinity like we see in 25 year old university dropout and boxer Jesse the Beast McDonald. Not only was he involved in this case where he and Naomi the Beauty had met online at fabswingers.com, this kind of um, dating hookup app, but his partner, 18-year-old cisgendered European, Eastern European female, um, Talia Dracoskia, she was really pivotal as well when it came to not only being instrumental in what happened to Naomi uh, after the fact, but she also helped support her partner in covering up the crime and fleeing with him. So much to the fact that when it came time for her to be interrogated by a detective, John McIntyre and Graham McKenzie, that it left her saying no comment. This case would not only leave Naomi's family shocked and heartbreaking regarding the fact that her life at just the age of 36 was snuffed out. Her father, Muhammad Duale, speaks about the fact that this murder was truly the ultimate injustice, as well as her younger sister, Mina, who's a doctor and regrets the fact that when her sister had called her, reaching out in concern and angst, that it was really heartbreaking and heartaching that she didn't get to take that call. But as we hear this incredible tale about the beauty also known as Naomi Hersey, this incredible model, hospitality worker and survivor sex worker, as well as the beast, 25-year-old cisgendered male, Jesse McDonald, this boxer, university dropout, who for 72 hours was in this entanglement with Naomi, and it ultimately led to her hateful homicide on that Sunday, March 18th of 2018, around 8 a.m., as we go through this case again, my audience, I want to take a moment and let you all hear a little bit about from an incredible episode that highlighted Naomi's case. So many times, especially when we think about our black trans women, we don't get too much coverage, especially when it comes to media and so forth. 
Naomi's hateful homicide garnered so much attention, especially in the city of London, not only because of her identity as an Afro-Muslim transgender woman, but also the fact that she was a survivor sex worker, a hospitality worker, but also just a woman like so many others who was thriving and trying to survive and unfortunately got caught up in the entanglement of someone who meant her no good and would ultimately lead to her hateful homicide on that Sunday morning of March 18, 2018 in London, England. Hello, is that Jesse? Hi. Hi there, my name's Peter. I'm from the police station in Haywards Heath. How are you today? Not bad, thank you. How are you? Um, a little bit concerned, to be honest with you. Have you contacted your parents? Yeah, what, what's, what's the problem? I don't understand. Well, they've told me some things that have raised some concern for your welfare. They also said that you'd hurt another man. Is, is that right? I'd, I'd prefer not to tell you about what happened. It's 9pm and the Metropolitan Police are investigating reports of an attack. What happened, Jesse? What happened at that house? The man came back to mine to, to, to rob me, you know? Yeah. Jesse, where is he now? I, you know, to be honest, I, I haven't moved him. What, he's still in your room? Pretty much, yeah. The man on the phone is 25-year-old Jesse McDonald. He has been living at a hotel in West London for nine months. It's a transient hotel. You got loads of people staying there. However, um, Jesse was probably a more of a regular resident there. He came to an agreement with the hotel manager that he could have a longer term um, uh, deal to stay in an annex in the garden, which was one room, one bedroom with a tiny bathroom. Jesse, this is really important. I'm with my girlfriend. Jesse, what's your girlfriend's name? Her name's Natalia. Natalia? What's her surname? Dalkowska. Natalia Dalkowska is originally from Poland, but her family moved to Wiltshire, and she seems to have had a very sheltered, wholesome upbringing. She met uh, McDonald online, and she very quickly uh, became quite enamoured by him. In fact, she was quite sort of spellbound by him in many ways. Where is the mail now that you've said that you've heard? All I know is that I had a very hard week and I didn't want to kill anyone. This is just a little excerpt from The Body in the Bathroom, The Murder of Naomi Hersey. This was an incredible episode, and we're going to continue to hear a little bit more segments throughout this. But now, my audience, I want to take a moment and let's go ahead and dive into the hateful homicide of Naomi, the beauty Hersey. This episode, again, is also called The Beauty and the Beast. It all began around March 12th of 2018. Jesse McDonald also known as The Beast, had signed into fabswingers.com. This was a hookup app. It was for individuals who were part of that swinging lifestyle. He and his girlfriend, 18-year-old cisgender Eastern European female, Natalia Darkoska, had this tendency of um, reaching out to single um, individuals on fabswingers.com in the hopes of hooking up. 
In this particular day, Natalia was out of town with her loved ones. Jesse went on the app himself and connected with the beauty, also known as Naomi Hersey, incredible model, hospitality worker, and survival sex worker. This incredible 36-year-old Afro-Muslim transgender woman had connected with Jesse McDonald on March 12th. The two decided to ultimately meet on March 15th of 2018. This would be around Thursday. The two met ultimately over at the Heathrow Palace Hotel. This hotel is where 25-year-old Jesse McDonald would be residing for the next few months. It's also where his partner, 18-year-old Natalia Darkoska, would have the occasion of showing up. And sometimes they would be part of this concept again of party and play. This time, Jesse wanted to party and play by himself, my audience. And so he invited the beauty, Naomi Hersey, over. Interesting enough, Naomi and Jesse spent three days together, 72 hours to be exact, from that March 15th of 2018 until her hateful homicide where her body was discovered by hospitality worker um, Mona Louise. It was really heartaching that this individual who was so full of life, and you could see her, my audience, in the CCTV footage of just walking around with Jesse. Um, they're shopping. Um, they look vibrant, happy. They almost look like they're a very cohesive, connected couple. When all of a sudden she's found brutally stabbed over 40 times throughout her upper and lower torso, leading her to ultimately bleed to death in the bathtub, submerged in cold water. Her body, by the time that Detective Inspector Graham McKenzie arrived on the scene on March 18th of 2018, around 9 a.m. that morning, it's busy. It's a Sunday morning. Individuals are getting ready to travel out of the country, even out of the city. Heathrow International Airport, the world-renowned airport, was there over near the Palace Hotel in Hounslow. He goes into this frenzy crime scene. There's a bottle. There's a bowl full of pills. There's blood in the room where the bed is. There's blood trails and smears, drag marks of Naomi's beautiful six foot body and drug from the bed to the bathroom, into the bathtub where her body was found submerged and with blood immersed throughout that tub. This left Inspector Graham McKenzie jaw dropped. He wanted to know who could commit such a frenzy attack. He also wanted to know who was the victim in this hotel room. At the time, Naomi did not have any identification on her. He also connected with John McIntyre, who was also part of that um, crime scene investigative team. He would ultimately collect the fingerprints of Naomi and they would quickly come back to Naomi, the beauty Hersey, not only because of her survival sex work, but her hospitality work, as well as her incredible work with the modeling um, atmosphere in London, but also because of the fact that her family had immigrated over from um, Africa and connected to the London area and resided there for 20 years. So she already had her fingerprints and things established within the system. So um, Inspector John McIntyre was able to connect with Inspector Graham McKenzie and inform him that the identity of this beautiful 
Afro-Muslim transgender woman found slain in the bathtub at the Heathrow Palace Hotel was that of 36-year-old Naomi the Beauty Hersey. Now what he needed to know my audience was who committed this hateful homicide. He goes over to the lobby of the Heathrow Palace Hotel and there he connects with um, the clerk known as Janet Morris. Janet Morris informs Inspector Grant McKenzie that there was a gentleman who has been in that room, room 115, for the past eight months by the name of Jesse McDonald. He typically pays with cash, but lately he's been paying with his um, credit card. Um, Jesse, as um, she stated, had been a longer than usual resident. Typically, this establishment would house individuals up to three months, but due to his family connections in the London area, he was able to pull a little weight and stay beyond the the normal time. There, um, Janet would discuss with uh, Inspector Graham McKenzie around the fact that she would see multiple individuals come in to the hotel throughout the day. Jesse was described as a sex addict, a boxer fueled on hormones, um, injections, um, testosterone, um, you know, all of these different things, steroids um, that was influencing his behavior. He had been known to have these outbursts for years and his relationships prior to that with Natalia Durkowska, who he had been with for about six months prior to the hateful homicide of Natalia, um, of, excuse me, Naomi, the beauty, Hersey. This really led to the community trying to figure out exactly what was Jesse's motivation, what caused him to commit this hateful homicide. But before they could do that, they had to identify Jesse and find him in the city of London. So then we have Inspector Peter Radcliffe. He contacts Jesse on March 21st of 2018. This is going to be around that Wednesday morning. Jesse picks up and um, Inspector Peter Radcliffe discusses that based on his interview with Jesse's parents, Tom and Margaret McDonald, that he had admitted to his parents, Jesse the Beast, had admitted to his parents that he had done something, quote unquote, my audience, really bad to someone. He told his parents that he was in fear of his life, that this black man, quote unquote, had tried to sexually assault him during a night of partying and having fun. What was supposed to be this casual masculine bro man's kind of encounter became this fight for his life. And as a result, he ultimately ended up brutally beating Naomi with a bottle of, of, of an alcohol bottle of Hennessy bust her over her head, then takes the bottle and starts to stab her with it, breaking the shards of glass throughout her body, and then ultimately dragging her into the bathroom, immersing her into the bathtub, filling it up with cold water, and fleeing the Heathrow Palace Hotel in Hunslow, which is just literally five minutes away from the Heathrow International Airport. Inspector Graham McKenzie is taking in all this information as he's getting it from his team. He has John McIntyre, who's sort of fingerprints, who's also collecting blood evidence. They're able to then start to run DNA, and this ultimately proves that Jesse the Beast and Naomi the Beauty's blood was mixed together. However, 
my audience, there were some other fingerprints that were identified. And those fingerprints came out to be that of 18-year-old cisgendered Eastern European Natalia Darkoska, the girlfriend of 25-year-old cisgendered boxer and under-university dropout student Jesse the Beast McDonald. She was brought in as well and interviewed by Inspector Peter Radcliffe. As he was interviewing her, as he had done with Jesse, Natalia decided to keep her mouth shut. She refused to say anything about what was going on when it came to the encounter and the hateful homicide of Naomi the Beauty Hersey. As far as she was concerned, she was contacted by her boyfriend. She had been reaching out to him for several days. He hadn't gotten back to her. Apparently he was upset that she had went out of town to Poland to go see her family. And as a result, he then got on Fab Swingers by himself. This one time when the couple decided to play separately. And this led to him connecting with the beauty. Her coming back to his hotel. They engaged in sex, drugs, and alcohol. And all of a sudden, Jesse, who as you could hear in that initial audience, proclaims that he was sleep deprived and he was fueled on drugs. And, um, you know, this roid rage as a boxer. Um, he ultimately felt that he was going to be the victim of sexual assault. Again, as we've heard before with these trans panic defenses, he felt he was going to be a victim of sexual assault and therefore ultimately decided to hit Naomi over the head with the Hennessy bottle and then begin to stab her not only with the bottle, but as well with other sharp force objects, such as a knife and even tweezers. This left Naomi's family completely besotted as they were given a death notification by, again, Inspector Peter Radcliffe. He goes and knocks on that door and gives that heart-aching news to the Duele family and the Hersey family, informing them of the hateful homicide of the incredible daughter, sister, granddaughter, cousin, and loved one, also known as the beauty. Naomi, who stood at six foot, incredible Nubian, dark skin. She was proud of who she was as an Afro-Muslim transgender woman. She was in her truth for the past 15 years, but she wasn't quite out to everyone in her family. And what's heartaching is that in 2018, Naomi was really looking forward to navigating her healthcare journey in a way that would affirm her by having gender affirming surgery. She had spoke to her sister, Amina, about wanting to have gender affirming surgery in London and how she had been connecting to different medical providers. When all of a sudden she connected with the Beast on March 15th of 2018, they spent three days together indoors, as well as going to different markets, shops, bistros, and outings, having sex. Um, you know, he ultimately admitted that he um, engaged in penetrative sex with Naomi. He penetrated her um, when um, Inspector Graham McKenzie was interviewing him, as well as Peter Radcliffe. Inspector Peter Radcliffe has given the notification, death notification to Naomi's family. At the same time, you have Jesse, who was telling. Inspector Graham McKenzie that he was worried that Naomi would want to now penetrate him and as a result he felt the need that he needed to act now. Um, he did um, around 7.30 that morning on March 18th of 2018. 
he goes into this murder frenzy, stabbing her. It's this grisly, gruesome blood scene. Blood is splattered throughout the headboard, throughout the bed. It's drenching the mattress. It literally seeps through the bed spring onto the floor. Drag marks. Um, and this is darkened color drag marks at this point when her body is discovered three days later on March 21st of 2018, as well as when Jesse McDonald was finally brought in. This left the community shocked. The city of London who had affirmed Naomi and her truth and was always uplifting and upholding her. As we continue to go through this case, my audience, I want to take a moment and let you hear a little bit more from Jesse the Beast McDonald as well as his own version of what happened that morning on Sunday, March 18th of 2018 at the Heathrow Palace Hotel in Hunslow. Do you know how many times you stabbed her? I tried to stab her. Um... When I stabbed her, I was surprised at how little effect it had. It seemed to not do anything to her, but make her more angry almost, for the first few times. Friend, again, 18-year-old, cisgendered Eastern European female Naomi Derkoska was also arrested on March 21st. The two had been, um, not only had Jesse been in a three-day encounter with the beauty Naomi Hersey, this incredible 36-year-old Afro-Muslim transgender woman, from March 15th until her hateful homicide on that Sunday, March 18th of 2018. But then he goes for another three days with his girlfriend from the 18th until the 21st, where he's ultimately captured and detained and where he starts to make this confession of where he was uh, fighting for his life. Naomi Hersey is then taken over to the coroner's office, her body um, badly stabbed, badly inflicted with sharp force trauma. Is taken over to the coroner's office where coroner Tamika Hemsley talks about and un- unveils this, this vicious attack and also reveals that Naomi Hersey had been drugged. 
The Beast, Jesse McDonald, had drugged her with Zantax, rendering her practically unconscious and unable to realize what was going on. He gave her a smoothie that morning, a little morning pick-me-up, quote-unquote, as he called it. She drinks it, and she becomes immediately unconscious within the next five minutes. And that is when all hell breaks loose. That's when he decides to beat her, stab her, and then ultimately let her bleed out in the bathtub at the Heathrow Palace Hotel in Hunslow, just five minutes away from the Heathrow International Airport. Jesse had also admitted to Inspector Graham McKenzie that he had thought about actually going to the International Airport with Natalia and fleeing to Poland where she was from. She had just came back on the 17th, just one day before the hateful homicide of Naomi the Beauty Hersey. And they, once she realized that she had walked into this crime scene and started to help him clean up a little bit and flee um, together, she realized in that moment that she could take him back with her to Poland. They could go be with her community and hopefully there wouldn't be any extradition laws. This was kind of the logic that they were having prior to them being captured and detained just three days after the hateful homicide of Naomi the Beauty Hersey. Her family and everyone was completely shocked and saddened to know that not only had Naomi been met with such a brutal homicide by being viciously beaten and stabbed over 40 times, but to know that she had been rendered unconscious by the use of drugs. Though Naomi had partied and played a little bit with Jesse, she certainly did not consent to her being induced with drugs that would render her unable to fend for herself. This model, this incredible beauty, born on October 15th, 1981, to Mohammed Duale and Sosazle Duale, was incredibly just vibrant and strong. She had began her gender journey back in 2003 at the age of 21, and she was outspoken, vivacious with her parents, and they affirmed her truth, of course. They didn't know all of the ins and outs of Naomi's journey medically and socially, but they knew that she preferred to express female and that she was very vocal about being feminine and being um, identified as such and affirmed as such. And within time, her family did that. Her sister, Mina, her younger sister, she was again one of 10 children and Amina was the youngest and Naomi was sixth of the 10 children. And she literally talks about how Naomi was like her second mom how Naomi was always a sense of support and that anchor of the family and even though yes she identified and expressed differently than the rest of her siblings her nine siblings this didn't take away from the love that the family had for her that the Duale and her C family had for the beauty she was called the beauty not only because of her incredible cheekbones and her oval face structure but because of her model-esque height she had this slender clavicle that just really captivated everyone and it's actually what interested jesse the beast on that march 15th of 2018 when he messaged her on fabswingers.com he stated how incredible beautiful she was and that how he could see her being a model she confirmed that through the messages which would be um, ultimately um retrieved and um conveyed to um doing the court um proceedings as we'll go into further but you could see where he was luring her in, my audience. He was complimenting her on her beauty. He even took it into like a racial undertone where he kind of used language in the Fab Swingers like, you know, um, things such as like his his big white expletive uh, would love to be with her big 
booty, big black booty, things like that, where he was using to very sexualize and racially like subject her. And because Naomi, um, who was not only did some local modeling in London, especially for like queer events and as well as just like some um, local productions, um, she did do some hospitality work um, where she ultimately resided over in the Mill Hill district. Um, and she did some housework over there, some hospitality work. But her main um, source of income around 2017 and 2018, um, doing her hateful homicide that year, was survival sex work. And so Jesse kind of pulled out all the charms. He said that he was going to pursue her, woo her. They were going to have a great time, party and play, as well as some pay. And Naomi agreed. And the two ultimately would go back to his hotel Throughout those three days, my audience, again, you could see on CCTV footage throughout the city of London where they went back to her home in Mill Hill over on the west side of London. And you could see where they went back to the east side near the Heathrow Palace Hotel. You could also see where they went to the different marketplaces and went shopping and they were like hand, um, they were holding hands and they looked very like a, a young couple in love in the throes of domestic bliss unbeknownst to everyone around them that within just 48 hours from viewing that surveillance footage, from being on camera, 36-year-old Afro-Muslim transgender female Naomi the Beauty Hersey would be met with a hateful homicide where law enforcement would come out and have to ultimately flee and, and protect and fight to see exactly what happened and then who committed this hateful homicide which led to um, Jesse the Beast McDonald being um, detained and arrested on that March 21st of 2018. You know, he ultimately connected with his parents, Tom and Margaret. They hired him an attorney by the name of Michael Turner, um, Esquire Michael Turner, and he um, ultimately begins to go to trial for defending Jesse the Beast McDonald on September 15th of 2019. This case went into this huge debate where you had the defense, Michael Turner, and you had the prosecution, um, which included that of um, the, the, at the Old Bailey. This included prosecutor Miranda Tinsley. And what you would hear Miranda Tinsley talk about is the injustice that Naomi went through. She trusted this man. They spent three days together, 72 hours of domesticated bliss. And she trusted him. He went to go get her something to drink, a morning beverage, a smoothie that she had drunk for the first two days without any incident. She had no reason to suspect or expect that Jesse the Beast would commit such a heinous and horrific crime by drugging her, sexually assaulting her, beating her with an alcohol beverage bottle, stabbing her with the bottle, stabbing her with scissors, stabbing her with tweezers. And then once she was bleeding out in the bed, the bed that he slept in for eight months, the bed that he slept in with her for three days, he snatches her by the legs, drags her into the bathroom, and then again submerges her into the bathtub, leaving Naomi the beauty, bleeding to death, and ultimately succumbing to her injuries. 
where her body would be discovered around 9 a.m. when housekeeping came to do cleaning service. When it came to interviewing the Beast's girlfriend, Natalia Dracoska, she kept saying no comment. That was her ultimate phrase, no comment, no comment. And I want to take a moment as well and let you hear from an episode called Slash in the Shower. It's a podcast. And it really talks about also this incredible commentary um, that focuses on the crimes that are placed upon our Black AAPI brown communities. And here where you hear about just this in horrific details of what Naomi went through. I love the fact that not only did I cover this case, but others also felt the need to say Naomi's name. This is the murder of Naomi Hersey. Naomi Hersey, born on the 15th of October, 1981, grew up in a large Somalian Muslim family and was the fourth youngest of 11 siblings. Amina, Naomi's younger sister, said that they had a happy childhood with the house always hustling and bustling. Growing up, Naomi was close to Amina and would confide in her about most things, including how feminine she felt and her dressing up. However, Naomi hid a secret from her family, which was she felt like a woman and not like the gender she was born with. As time went on, Naomi's gender dysphoria started to unsettle her. She did not confide in anybody about her feelings and she found it hard to keep down a job. In 2017, Naomi moved away to Mill Hill, North London. Isolated from her family, depression settled in. Naomi then turned to drugs to escape her internal turmoil. While living away from her family, Naomi became resentful towards them and started contacting her family less. Naomi texted her sister Amina to never message her again. Unbeknownst to Amina, that would be the last time she would ever hear from Naomi. Jessie MacDonald was an only child and grew up in West Sussex and excelled at school and sport. Growing up, MacDonald was so talented at tennis that he started training to play the sport professionally. However, he sustained a terrible injury, which meant that he had to quit his dream of becoming a professional tennis player and enrolled into the prestigious university called the London School of Economics to study history. This university is extremely difficult to get into. This therefore showed that MacDonald was very gifted academically. MacDonald then quit LSE in 2014 and lived in the annex of a hotel in Hounslow near Heathrow Airport, South London, and turned to the dark web to make money selling drugs. MacDonald started to self-medicate and became addicted to prescription pills he bought on the internet to sell. At this point, 25-year-old MacDonald lived his life on the internet and met his girlfriend, 17-year-old Natalia, online. Their relationship with Natalia proved to be unfulfilling because on the 12th of March 2018, after spending the weekend with Natalia in Wiltshire, MacDonald reached his annex and within 40 minutes logged onto Fab Swingers, a free swingers and casual hookup website, and posted that he wanted edgy, risky sex. While searching the website, 
he came across 36-year-old Naomi's profile. After chatting to Naomi, MacDonald got into his car and drove for one hour to her flat in Mill Hill. MacDonald said that once he was in Naomi's flat, he was given orange juice laced with GHB, a date rape drug, and became intoxicated. He said that he had oral sex with Naomi and then blanked out. On the 13th of March, 2018, still at Naomi's flat, McDonald claimed that Naomi gave him crystal meth and they both smoked together. McDonald said while intoxicated, Naomi raped him, but he stayed in her flat because he was fearful and under duress. The next day, McDonald's car was picked up by CCTV, showing him and Naomi driving to the shops to buy food, and they both appeared relaxed in the shop CCTV footage. On Thursday the 15th of March, McDonald said that Naomi was demanding money for the drugs that she supplied him and forced him to take her to his annex. He drove back to his place with Naomi and said that he would give her £80 and then drive her back home. Hotel CCTV captured them arriving to his annex. This would be the last time Naomi would be seen alive. And as you can hear my audience, there was such this whole twisted tale of Jesse the Beast, this drug-induced sex addict, university dropout, boxer who was roared rage and just manipulative. Not only did he partake in a relationship with his girlfriend, then go and get involved with Naomi, but then he goes back and gets involved with his girlfriend again. So as you could hear from the incredible podcaster, Cindy, Jesse the Beast isn't quite who he says he is. And it's really hard to take him for his word that he was fleeing for his life and he was sexually assaulted. When Naomi was the one discovered with the date rate drug and Xanax in her body. And it was he, the one who was ultimately alive. But I also want to take a moment in my audience and let you hear this was to honor Naomi. In 2018, around June of 2018, there was the Attitude Pride Awards and it highlighted Naomi Hersey and her incredible history and story um, brought by Attitude Magazine. And through that, they also interviewed these incredible like trans women in the England area regarding their own journeys. I have to deal with a lot of misogyny, a lot of misogyny. Especially when um, men know I'm trans. I mean, just the other day, I was walking down the street and this guy said, oh, looking good. I said, thank you. And then he drove up to me again and said, can I get your number? And I said, no. And then he said to me, "Uh, I just wanted to feel your tits, that's all. And then drove off. And I was so taken back. I was so shocked. I just saw how rude. You know, sometimes men, when they know you're trans, you're an easy target. You're not only an easy target, but you're seen as this sexual deviant that will engage in some sort of fornication, just like that. Here to get stared at. Public transport seems to be the worst. Maybe it's because you're like a small metal tube 
um, you get people taking pictures of you on their phones and it's never as subtle as they think it is. You're trying your best. You know, you're not hurting anyone. You know, I think especially in those early days, it's tough, you know, I still have short hair and you know, you try with the makeup and you try with the clothes, but you know that you're probably gonna get clocked as trans. And your first thought, because of everything we know and everything we read, is, is this it? Are these, is this the group of men that are gonna kill me or batter me or kick my head in? For a minority group, sometimes we're seen as like something that should be kept a secret. And I've lost track of how many men have said I couldn't be seen with you in public. And Naomi was a black Muslim transgender woman. I think she fell through lots of cracks. I don't think there was a lot of people looking out for her. I don't think there was anybody protecting her or making sure she was in a taxi. And that makes me really, really sad. Dating as a trans person or a loving gender as a trans person is a, is a complete mindset. Um, because you are instantly sexualized. And the reason that that happens is, um, is that if people seek you out for being trans, it's because you have physically are something that they want, physically. They don't seek you out thinking, I could really like to meet somebody that's got really good sense of humor. They seek you out for a trans, trans body that they want. When I heard of Naomi, I was, I was shocked, like shocked of um, the circumstances seeming so American. And I met her. I had met her out. And it was really sad. And you're and you are left thinking, I've been to hotels with guys. I've had men in my house. I've gone to men's houses. Because I'm a 20-something in London having love. But you are putting yourself in the danger of strength of whoever you're seeing. And it does make you instantly go like, oh my god. And then the next time you go to someone's house or someone's in the field, like, you think, is it going to be me? Could it, could it be me? Yeah, it could be me. It could be any of them. And as you could hear my audience, you could hear that there was, you know, quite several different trans women who spoke around not only their own experiences living in London and England, but also just their connection to that of 36-year-old Afro-Muslim transgender woman, Naomi the Beauty Hersey. They all were incredibly impacted by her hateful homicide, this Beauty and the Beast trial where you had this model and known as the Beauty and you had this boxer known as the Beast who was in this frenzied fight that ultimately left Naomi murdered and completely left unresponsive in the bathtub on that Sunday, March 18th of 2018. Around September 15th of 2019, Jesse McDonald's trial began. And again, the prosecution and the defense argued viciously and vigorously um, on behalf of Naomi, as well as the defense on behalf of Jesse. 
at the end, the jury in the Old Bailey Court resulted in a decision that Jesse the Beast McDonald, at this point now, 26-year-old cisgendered white male, is guilty and going to be sentenced for 20 years at a minimum for the hateful homicide of 36-year-old Afro-Muslim transgender female Naomi the Beauty Hersey. Um, again, part of that prosecution team at the Old Bailey, Mark DeHari talks about like just how Jesse was very manipulative from the beginning with Inspector Graham McKenzie, John McIntyre, Peter Radcliffe, the entire team where he was just constantly manipulated in line from the fact that he first stated he was um, fighting for his life to realizing that he had drugged Naomi and then beat and murdered and sexually assaulted her. And this you can hear from the Old Bailey prosecutor, who was also part of that prosecuting team, talk about just how Jesse could be very manipulative. He thought he could get away with it. He thought he could bribe his way, pay his way, just get away with murder. And he, and just, just the thought of his confidence in that matter and his thoughts of being beyond the law and being able to build his own defence in his head um, show just how manipulative he is. He thought... And you could hear how he said he used the phrase of being manipulative. And that is so important to my audience. And as you hear throughout this episode of The Beauty and Beast, it was a tale of a, two individuals who met online, fabswingers.com, back on March 15th of 2018. They connected between her place in Mill Hill to his place in Heathrow. And this ultimately led to, unfortunately, this... 25-year-old cisgendered white male who was on steroids and other drugs to be so confused, a sex addict, this university dropout, this boxer who would ultimately lure this beautiful 36-year-old Afro-Muslim transgender model, hospitality worker and survivor sex worker to her death where she was ultimately met with the hateful homicide on Sunday morning of March 18th of 2018. Again, leaving the city of London completely heartbroken. Jesse was ultimately convicted and sentenced again for that minimum of 20 years where he will not be eligible for any form of parole until the year of 2039. And my audience, I just want to take a moment again and give you a little bit of excerpt from The Body in the Bathroom. And I want you to hear from the incredible, just beautiful sister of the beauty, Naomi, um, her sister Mina, and her own words and the love that she had. Just a brief little excerpt. To like keep down a job. Um, and at times, I'm sure that he encountered like blatant like uh, discrimination. I think it really got him down. He was that type of a person that he would keep any problem to himself. When he moved from here, um, I've lost contact. In 2017, Percy moved away to Mill Hill in northwest London and began spending more time as Naomi. But by being isolated from friends and family, depression set in. I think when Percy became really depressed, that drugs was another way for him to escape. I think that that's what led him down the dark spiral. He started to yeah, contact us less and less. Also just being, being more angry. The last time he messaged me, he pretty much told me to never talk to him again. The day that he probably died, 
I was going to call him. I was hovering over his number and I didn't press it. I regret that. And as you can hear, she regretted that. I also want to just take one last moment, my audience, as we prepare to conclude today's case. But just a little excerpt again, just um, some more excerpts from just what happened again in this episode of The Body in the Bathroom. The violence. Donald claimed from the outset he had acted in self-defense and uh, in murder cases, self-defense is a defense. So I had to look very carefully at all the evidence to rebut or disprove um, that defense. I was offered a drink and I know that the person in question was into the GHB and I feel like that drink was spiked. Jesse's claims that Naomi spiked his drink with a date rape drug are disputed. We were able to get a toxicologist's report to confirm that a date rape drug had been used. So you've started to smoke crystal meth. Is that something, is that a drug you never tried it in my life? Never had it before. Jesse's denial that he had never used crystal meth before is also disputed. We were able to send um, hair samples from him, which revealed that in fact he'd been using crystal meth himself for up to four months prior to the murder. His argument that he'd never used crystal meth, rubbish. Absolute rubbish. And that was actually damning for him. But what was most damning was Naomi's post-mortem results, which showed significant injuries. Jesse claims Naomi attacked him after she realized he had tried to drug her. What happened then, Jesse? She was saying about facing off, you know? And what do, what, what do you mean by facing off? She said, well, would you face me off one to one? She, she posed the question. What well, does that mean? I said, you're not taking my things. Right. You know, I said in a forceful way, you're not taking my things. Yeah, you're not having This is how it's going to go today. And as you could hear my audience, Jesse was sticking to his trans panic defense all the way to the very end. And to the beauty, Naomi, the beauty Hersey, born October 15th, 1981, and resting on since March 18th of 2018. We remember you yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, and always. Thank you so much, my audience, for tuning in to season four, episode 11 of A Hateful Homicide, The Murder of Naomi, the Beauty Hersey, also known as The Beauty and the Bees. I'm your host, Mallory Jenna Robinson. Please feel free to follow me on Instagram at MalloryJenna90. You can also follow A Hateful Homicide on Instagram at MalloryJenna90. We also now have a Twitter at A Hateful Homicide, as well as our Facebook. Please like us at A Hateful Homicide. Use the hashtags A Hateful Homicide, Trans Awareness, True Crime, Investigative Journalism, and again, say their names. Thank you all so much for your continued support as we prepare to get ready to wrap up season four with just another episode. Again, I thank you all so much for your continued support. Check us out at ahatefulhomicide.net and know that I look forward to connecting with you all next week. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye-bye.